Welcome to Frequency Matters, the RF and Microwave Update Series. I'm Pat Hindle, and I'm here with my co-host, Gary LaRude. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the October passive and control components issue and the products in it. As a reminder, the cover feature discusses PCB design considerations for millimeter wave applications, and that article reviews PCB manufacturing constraints and effects on the high-frequency design. So what do we have for product features, Gary? Well, we have one product feature this month from Synmatrix. Uh, the company has introduced another feature to its filter design and manufacturing platform. It is a library of thousands of filter topologies, and they've developed this intended to help less experienced designers navigate the challenge of a complex filter design. However, it also has a lot of flexibility that is desired by experienced filter designers, so both groups can design a manufacturable filter quickly. How about the tech briefs, Pat? Yeah, so for tech briefs, we had two of them. Uh, one was a 44 gigahertz low phase noise synthesizer that supports phase coherent channels from Anna Pico and Berkeley Nucleonics Corporation. And the other was a compact 10 megahertz to 22 gigahertz preamplifier, and that improves EMC testing and from Langer EMV Technique. So we also had a special guest join us for this episode. I talked with John Wise, product line manager for beamforming ICs at Analog Devices, and we discussed phased array trends and new solutions that Analog Devices is bringing to the market. Let's take a look at a clip from that now. It looks like you guys are addressing a lot of different applications. What are the major trends that you're seeing in the markets for phased arrays? Yeah, so within uh, the aerospace and defense group, um, there's really three areas that we're addressing here. So, so SATCOM is one area that we're addressing. And um, as you can imagine, with the proliferation of these LEO constellations, that's really driving the need for phased array, um, you know, not only on the terminal side, which we're working on, but also in the satellite side as well. Um, so we're developing solutions to address both ends of that spectrum. And and as you can imagine, as the data rates start increasing, there's a need to get up higher in frequency. So we're seeing the trend from KU to KA band, and even we're working in Q and V band as well. Um, we're also seeing areas of, in radar um, that's expanding. And one of the interesting applications in radar is uh, in these earth imaging uh, satellites where they're using synth uh, synthetic aperture radars to do mapping of uh, ground terrain and environmental measurements of the earth. And lastly, um, many people are looking at um, software-defined apertures, you know, broadband arrays where you can um, basically build one array that can serve many different applications. And with these requirements, we're doing a lot of investing in uh, true time delay to cover 2 to 18 gigahertz. ADI is really doing some great work in the highly integrated products for a phased array, so it'll be good to continue watching what they're doing. So uh, turning to the news, I saw that OneWeb and Panasonic Avionics agreed to terms to enable Panasonic to market, sell, and support OneWeb's high-speed, low-latency in-flight broadband services to their commercial airlines worldwide. So Panasonic Avionics will offer OneWeb's global service as a standalone or paired with the Panasonic's Avionics GEO service, and that covers like 99.6% of the world's flight routes, so quite comprehensive. And the products are working to support forward links approaching 200 megabits per second and return links of 32 megabits per second everywhere, including the polar routes. And the other item I saw was that U.S. Senator Patrick Leahy and Global Foundries announced that they were awarded a $30 million in the federal funding 
to advance the development and production of next generation GAN on silicon semiconductors. That'll be done in Global Foundry's Essex Junction, Vermont facility. So you're starting to see some of the chip acts, I think, uh, come into the uh, process for these semiconductor companies to roll out new processes and new foundries. And this will enable them to do game-changing performance and high efficiency in applications for 5G and 6G, RF and wireless infrastructure, electric vehicles, power grids, solar energy, and other technologies. So this $30 million in federal funding will go a long ways. It's appropriated in the Consolidated Appropriations Act for fiscal year 2022. So it'll enable them to purchase more equipment and expand the implementation of 200 millimeter GAN wafer manufacturing. So Gary, what did you see in the news? Well, I have a couple of reports I think are worth downloading and reading. Uh, the NTIA, which is the National Telecommunications and Information Administration, has published results of an investigation to measure the potential interference from base stations operating in the N-77 band with aircraft radar altimeters. And you remember this was a big topic a number of months ago. Airlines were concerned about interference. And the report has two main findings. The three base stations that were tested and are being used by the operators have bandpass filtering with cutoffs at 4 gigahertz. And within the 4.2 to 4.4 gigahertz radar altimeter band, emissions are attenuated, they said, up to 106 dB below the radiated power in the 5G band. So that sounds uh, significant. The test also found, as you would expect, that airborne radiation is significantly less than the levels in the main beams that are directed more downward toward mobile phones. So you can read the report at the NTIA website. And then Ericsson's microwave report assesses trends and forecasts in the market through 2027. You can find a link to that report on the Microwave Journal website, also, of course, Ericsson's website. And we're interviewing one of the report's authors on the Frequency Matters podcast, which you can listen to probably next week. We'll have it released. Good stuff, Gary. So uh, moving to events, I attended the IEEE Phased Array Conference in Waltham, Mass. last week. There was a lot of interesting work going on in antenna and also digitizing phased arrays. And uh, many of the OEMs were there. I saw a lot of them uh, just recruiting. Uh, recruiting's really become a struggle for these larger companies yeah. and smaller companies. It's hard to find you know, quality engineers in our area. There seems to be less people going into it as a major. And uh, I think it's been a struggle, but you're seeing the companies you know, use every technique they can to find quality people. And after the event, Analog Devices and Keysight announced that they're having a collaboration to advance the adoption of phased array technology. They're putting together an end-to-end -end system, so both design and layout and also testing and calibration of the solution. So that's going to be a great partnership. So Gary, what about you for events? Uh, yeah, Phased Array is a great event. Another good one is the Association of Old Crows, or AOC. That will uh, convene in Washington next week for its annual convention. And I like this conference because the presentations are informative and the exhibition spans from component level to systems. And of course, Washington is a great city to visit if you take some time to see any of the historic sites or museums. And Pat, you, Mike Hallman, and Carl Sheffers, our publisher, will be there. So if any of our viewers would like to chat with us face-to-face, -face, you can tra uh, track them down. And not to forget, we have one more week of EDICon Online Live, when the focus will be on radar, automotive, and SATCOM. 
Of course, all the presentations are being recorded, so you can watch any session you may have missed. And I found the presentations now three weeks in uh, very interesting, the quality excellent. I think 30 minutes per presentation is a good balance, which uh, provides an overview with some depth, if that makes any sense. And with that, we'll conclude this episode. Today's sponsors are Analog Devices and RFMW. Analog Devices is one of the leading semiconductor manufacturers with a highly respected portfolio of digital conversion, mixed signal, digital signal processing, and, of course, RFICs and modules. And the company prides itself on being ahead of what's possible. And RFMW is a technical distributor focused on RF, microwave, and millimeter wave products. They represent the leading companies in the industry from antenna to baseband. So start your next design project at rfmw.com. We'll be back in a couple weeks for another episode of Frequency Matters. In the meantime, visit microwavejournal.com for the latest industry news, technical articles, company videos, and our podcasts. And if you aren't getting Microwave Journal, which is published monthly in print and digital versions, you can sign up for a free subscription at the website. Thanks for joining us.